Welcome to Drunk Bible Study. This show's mission is to read every single word of the greatest story ever told. A warning to our listeners, the hosts of this show are sinners, but they're doing their best. There will be drinking and there may be some swears. They did say they'd try to keep it clean, but I wouldn't put money on it. This is Drunk Bible Study, where my good friends Dedeker and Jace teach me, a born and raised atheist, about the Bible. Jace, Dedeker, how are you today? How am I today? Uh, well, I'm dressed like a church lady today. Because, you are kind of dressed like a church lady. <laughs> because I just went True. to my first job interview in 200 years. Um, wow. And had to somehow pull together an outfit for it. 200 years. So you must have lived during the era of the Bible before the year, the ages went down to 120. Whoa. What? You really lost me on that one. What? You haven't had a job interview in 200 years, yeah. so you must be over 200 years old. Yeah. So you must be pre-time oh, of like yes. Abraham. Yes, I'm definitely rolling up with those bros and living <laughs> forever. Gosh, yeah. I, I guess I've listened to all of our commentary from last yeah, time more Yeah, recently. you know all the jokes much better than we actually do. <laughs> so I was... Yeah, I was the one who said Abram, not Abraham. Well, but it is it I, is Abram right now. Oh, okay, okay, Abram. Yeah, aka it, it, Abraham later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How are you doing yeah. today, Jace? Uh, I, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've just been, you know, working on on editing our episodes of this show, and I just read a bunch about the Book of Job before we started today. So I'm super stoked hmm. for us to get into this. Emily, how are you today? Yeah, what about you, Emily? I'm very tired and (laughs) delirious, which will add to the revelry of me also (laughs) drinking this Lagunitas beer, um, because I have been working for Nintendo at E3, and standing for 12 hours is tough for four days straight. Yeah, seriously. Well, let's uplift you with some of the word today. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um... And maybe it's kind of self-explanatory, but what are we reading today, Chase? We're starting the book of Job today. So I uh, I found this cool website here called, it's just called biblehub.com slash timeline. And if you wanted to see like a chronological timeline along with approximate real life dates of when, um, you know, when the different stories from the Bible take place, uh, it's a nice, simple, cool way to see that. And uh, so anyway, this is still in the part of the Bible, like what we were reading before, where the dates are very, very approximate, because it's in a very early sort of history. Uh, But this is believed to take place sometime before 2100 BC. Uh, And this is the book of Job. Uh, This is maybe happening like around the same time as the Tower of Babel, just to kind of put it in perspective. Yeah. Okay. Right around that same time. But before we get to the story of Abram, which is... Once we're done with Job, then we'll go back to Genesis to continue where we left off with Abram. Okay. Uh, Emily, yeah. do you know anything about the book of Job? Yes. Like, I think I said this before. I There's a there's some sort of um, play that I read. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, right. It, it, was, it was talked about a lot in, in high school, and, like, various scenes were done from it in drama class. 
And all I know is that like a girl was playing the part of Job and she just like very loudly said, I renounce you, God. And like, like kind of like that. Not very well. <laughs> so, so um, all you know about Job is bad acting. Was this correct? Uh, was this yes. a play about, was it like a trial? Is that the play that you're talking about? I you think remember? you're thinking of like the last days of Judas Iscariot. No, there's a there's a different play that's called like the, the trial of God or something like that. That's like God is the defendant on trial, and like Job is huh. one of either one of the witnesses or the or the the plaintiff or something like that. I mean, I wasn't sure if it was that or not because that came up in the stuff I was reading about the Book of Job. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's fine. Do you remember? What happened in the story last time? That is a great question. I remember a lot of names. A lot of Do you actually names. remember them? No, I don't remember any of them. <laughs> I just remember there were a lot of them. Right. And then, wait, did Noah happen last time? Yes. Yeah, yeah Noah yeah, happened so last Noah, time. So, and you then know, all like, the descendants of Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. And I remember, I remember that a kid of Noah's saw him naked and, mm. and that kid, instead of being like, I won't see you naked, he was like, yo guys, look at this dad. And then the guys, <laughs> <laughs> the guys were like, how dare you brother? And then the brother got yeah. Something that happened. I don't know. Got cursed. He got yeah, cursed. His lineage cursed got cursed. Yeah, yeah, that's the Canaanites. And they will come back again. Oh, wait. Cain? Canaan. Canaanites. No different. C-A-N-A-A-N. Canaan. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Look at this dad. So many. Just like, look at this dad. Look at this dad. <laughs> look at this dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we ready to get started here? Yes. Let's start into the book. Yeah. Of Job. All right, so we're doing Job 1 through 5. So I will start with chapter 1. This is the prologue to the story mm-hmm. of Job. In the land of Uz, Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was That's blameless like- and... Oz accident? Not Oz. No. Oz. Oz. The knockoff Oz. Oz. Uh, (laughs) This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Okay. for that guy. Yeah. (laughs) His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Oh, what? Wait, what? So it's what? like once you've done all your debauchery, <laughs> then you got to be purified. Got really drunk, then I got to purify you. Let me keep reading. Yeah, yeah. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, "Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts." This was Job's regular custom. Oof. That's yeah. not a very nice thing to think. Well, but I think this is supposed to be an example of what a good dad Job is, that it's like he's sacrificing on behalf of his children, having looking done out. some absurd shit stuff. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I know they were partying last weekend. <laughs> they probably did some naughty stuff. Uh, yeah. Also, this I did read that this um, him sacrificing on behalf of his family is one of the clues that has um, 
made it made Bible historians decide to place it where they have placed oh, it really? on the timeline. There is huh. some dispute about actually when the story of Job mm-hmm. takes place, like within a range of a thousand or so years. So there's a pretty broad range, actually. Um, the timeline we're using is the one where Job happens the earliest. And from my little bit of research, that seemed to uh, kind of be the one that had the most stuff backing it up. But this was one of the things was... Uh, the fact that he would do offerings on behalf of his family, which apparently was a custom during a certain time. I see. But it's not in fashion anymore. <laughs> apparently not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh. Here we go. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Whoa. Oh, no. Satan. Oh, no. we- this is our first mention yeah. of Satan. Well, maybe it's mentioned earlier in the Bible, but on this show, this is the first time yeah. Satan, who, wait, like, he not wasn't- in serpent form. Oh, wait, he was the serpent, though, right? Well, that's not... They just not... said the serpent. They, I mean, the the the, the interpretation <laughs> is that the serpent was Satan, but, but I think this is our not, first name drop. That's not actually clarified. Yeah, it isn't yeah. clarified. Well, because also, like, the serpent was a serpent, whereas Satan, like, as it's come to be understood in, in like, more modern Christianity, mm-hmm. is that Satan was an angel yeah, originally. Yeah, an angel. Which is not a serpent. So I don't know. I think those, maybe they're different characters. Okay. So Satan shows up, rolls up with these angels. Okay. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered yeah, the exactly. Lord. Where have you come from? <laughs> where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. He's like, I'm a digital nomad. No it's big like deal. Cain. Like, oh, that's true. Oh. Just like Cain roaming around. Okay. Then the Lord Uh-oh. said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Oh, to your face. Yeah. I renounce you, God. That's the line, I think. I, I yeah, don't think exactly. that's the line. Well, that's supposed to be the line. So Satan's delivering a challenge, like a bet to God mm. that you've been treating Job all, all cushy-like. If you were actually rough on him, then he wouldn't be so blameless and upright. Mm. I bet God's going to take that bet. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> well see. The Lord said to Satan, very well then. Everything mm-hmm. he has is in your power, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so Lord's like, I'll take that bet. You can do whatever you want to everything in his life, but like, don't. But you can't touch. You Job. can't hurt hurt him specifically. Jeez, that that means like all of his his seven brothers well, and you're calling three it Emily. wives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, gosh. They don't talk about how many wives he has. We haven't mentioned any. Mentioned Sorry, I guess yet. it's seven seven sons and three daughters. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Yes, all of them. All 7,000? It just said he had a large number of servants. Oh, wait, I guess, no, the thousands of donkeys and 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 oxen. All of his donkeys and oxen and all of his servants, except for this one who escaped, were Mm. killed. Conveniently. By the who? By who? The Sabians. Hmm. Maybe What's that's another Sabian? historical clue. I don't know. I, I know they make good uh, symbols for drum sets. Sabian. I mean, they know what a Sibian is. Jeez. Okay. Do they have sabers? <laughs> well, they did say they put the servants to the sword. So mm. seems to imply yes. Okay. Yes. Yikes. 
Okay, hang on, gets worse. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burnt up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. What? <laughs> what? They burned the sheep. J- just... Like, okay. The other servants? The The ones that didn't die by the sword? Yes, they died by fire. I just, like, okay, I'm sorry. That's super random. I don't remember this. This is not a part of the Bible that I know very well. Okay, I can keep going. It gets worse. Okay, okay, just keep going. Okay. Okay, so he burned up the sheep and the servants. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said... The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Jeez. He's also taken off okay. with the camels. While he Wait. was still speaking, hang on. What? <laughs> Yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Okay, that's what? all that stuff. Wow. It's like, it's like the three little pigs. Oh, jeez. Oh, they blew the house down. The Lord yes. blew the house down. Well, no, Satan did. Remember, the Lord was oh, like, right. you, you do it. He huffed and he puffed. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll in. barbecue your sheep. But okay, the part that I'm still a little bit mind-bended about is, the, the like, okay, guys coming along and, and killing all your servants and stuff. That happened in two of the four bad mm-hmm. things. I'm like, okay, I get it. Even the strong wind. I'm like, okay, that's improbable, but maybe possible. But fire raining down. It's just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, man. Fire rained down. Maybe there you know. was a volcano. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. Maybe that was the interpretation. Is Good that, call. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell <sighs> to the ground in worship. I think that's a mourning thing. It's a mourning thing. Yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. know, that, yeah. Uh, you know, we've all done the breakup haircut. Um. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. That's the end of the first chapter. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, you can't blame God for taking stuff away? I think it's not saying that you can't. I don't think I don't think that's the implication. It's just that Job didn't. That right. like even though he was like this sucks and but the the idea it was that phrase that like the Lord gave me all this and now the Lord has taken it away. Um Yeah, have you ever heard that expression before, Emily? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, it gets used to, this is where that comes from. Yeah. It gets used a lot in pop culture, yeah. you know. Yeah. Plays and books and what have you. Okay, who's taking chapter 2? Oh, um uh Boy, uh, I'll read it. Unless you want to do it, Em? No, do it. I'll do three. Okay. Okay. Great. Here we go. Chapter two. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Always party crashing. Yeah, right? Satan's like, yo, I'm with the (laughs) angels now. (laughs) And Satan also came with them to present himself before, before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again? It's like, dude, I thought I won this bet already. Yeah. Why are you still here? <laughs> Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? 
There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give you all he has for his own life, but now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. Satan's kind of trying to escalate of like, nah, man, if you actually... yeah you know, affect him, him personally in some way. Yeah, I guess so. Like sort of like a double dog dare, like a double or nothing mm-hmm. kind of a mm-hmm. thing. I mean, uh, I think that he's been harmed enough. Right? Like all of his children and all of his everything gone. His beautiful head of hair. Well. His okay. robes from That's which his... he tore from his body. <laughs> yeah. His beautiful robes of many colors. He's uh, not Joseph. He's not Joseph. That's true. No. Yeah. Okay. So the Lord said to Satan, very well, then he's in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out. Okay, hang on. Sorry, just to clarify. So it's like, okay, you can do whatever you want from him, but don't kill him. Right. Okay. You can torture him within an inch of his life, but don't kill him. Kill him. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, God is a vengeful God. I don't know. He's he's not vengeful in this instance. He just likes bets. He just likes a, he just likes a good gamble. It's like Marty so, McFly and Back to the Future. How, you know, you're right. That? Nobody like, calls me chicken. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's him. God okay. it ain't no chicken. God ain't I'll no bet, chicken. I'll bet you there's some pastor out there who's used that who's metaphor a, okay. to, yeah. as an excuse to show some clips from Back oh, to the Future in church. Like a youth pastor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good idea. Okay. <laughs> So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Yeah. Then, oh, geez. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife's... Why? Was that also a mourning thing? I mean, I know the ashes were a mourning thing that like you would... You know, coat yourself in ashes. That was also a sign of mourning. But the scraping with pottery, is it like... I, I think he was trying to, to scrape off the sore. sore. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is not the most hygienic way of doing that. Well, right. what else are you going to do? Saying. You live in I the desert. Know, you're right. And <sighs> it was like, you know, whatever, BC. Ain't no Purell. Okay. So, uh, gosh, let's see here. Uh, his wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Jeez, lady. Why? (laughs) Wow. Uh, He he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Hmm. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namatite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Why? They, Why they were on their head? What? Maybe that's like a morning thing, like yeah, you were saying? I'm assuming everything's that's a morning so thing. That's all that we're going to... It's like, just all a morning all thing. Say. Yeah, gosh. Okay, they grabbed so, some dust and just sprinkled it on their heads and tore at their robes and flung them about. Yeah, I guess because they were. I mean, so, you're adding the fling them about part, but. right? Because they were That's just so upset. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> 
Gosh. Okay. Then, then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. Wow. No, no one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Now I have a question about that. And that's the end of chapter two. And none of us are Jews, but right. the whole sitting on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights, that seems to be similar to me to like sitting Shiva, which is, mm. it's what you do when a family member dies, you sit Shiva, yeah. which is that, you know, you stay in the house for seven days and that, like that's your period of mourning and you are supposed to technically sit on the ground. Mm. I okay. think. I wonder if that's where yeah. that comes from. Yeah, possibly. You know, I feel yeah. bad not having researched that, but I'm sure that someone can tweet at us about it angrily, probably. <laughs> okay. And that's the end of chapter two. So now we are on to Job 3. Job speaks. Yeah. After oh, okay. this, what? Yeah, no, just that he's speaking now. After seven days he's of gonna not speak, speaking. He's going to speak. He's going to do it. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, huh. may the day of my birth perish in the night that said the boy is conceived. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Wait. Can you read that again? I didn't I quite follow. I don't remember this part at all. May the day of my birth perish and the night that said a boy is conceived. Huh. And the night. I wonder, like, do you like know I, when? Like I just wish cons- I'd never been conceived at all. I think that's what he means, right? So instead of yeah. cursing God, it's, it's like it would have been better for me to not exist. Right. Because I'm so miserable. Yes. <laughs> the night that said the boy is yeah, conceived. Really a boy confusing. is conceived. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. That's that's where he's at right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That day, may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine on it. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm it. That night, may thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Goodness. Okay. I was I was going to make a joke about it being about tax this. day, but if he's like, it's not even included in the calendar, I'm like, whoa, geez, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, we got to do our taxes, so <laughs> may that night be barren. May no shout of joy be heard in it. May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. May its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in vain and not see the first rays of dawn, for it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide trouble from my eyes. Can I can okay, I talk about yeah. the Leviathan thing? Yeah, I didn't quite yeah, follow please. that. I don't know what that I, means. I was taught that that... Uh, my weird Christian school upbringing. Um, I was taught that that reference to Leviathan, and there's also a couple other references through the Bible, that that was interpreted as references to dinosaurs. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, I've never ever heard that before. No, because there's there's also verses like in Isaiah that describe these big lizard like beasts, and people interpret it Wait. as Whoa. it could be dinosaurs. But they and I think that's how creation is also just what they weren't around with the dinosaurs. Well, that's how creationists justify the fossil record that they're like, oh well, in the Bible there's these references to dinosaurs, so clearly they were existing at the same time more that's not. what i that's just what i was taught okay wow. i've never heard that we that was not something that ever came up in sunday oh, school or was, was ever toast, taught to me I was so that. interesting oh, yeah huh well okay i mean well. that would be cool if they're if they did actually i hope that they rode the dinosaurs 
But wait, Emily, can you read that that line again about Leviathan? What was what did it actually say? May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. So like, like rouse the to, bones of the dead or to wake dinos, up sleeping dinosaurs. Dino DNA. <laughs> I, those those who are going to create Jurassic Park. To Jurassic Park. I John see. Hammond. He was, this is sort of an early version of like, you didn't stop to think if you should. <laughs> but Jurassic Park. Now you're stopping in a lunchbox and you're selling it. You're selling it. <laughs> Please slap your hand on the table now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So now this is another pastor has used this as a justification to show clips from Jurassic Park. Really? Okay. So right. basically the book of Job has given us... <laughs> All of the like cool, fun like movie clip days in Bible school. Yes, exactly. Okay, great. Fun. Okay, continue, Emily, please. Okay. May its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in vain and not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not perish in birth at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? <laughs> knees to receive knees me? To receive me. Uh, is this maybe because births would have been, you know, like on all fours? Like knees underneath where the baby would come out? Oh, yeah, Wait, maybe. So like or, or squatting, would kneel and Squatting, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some knees would probably receive you. Yeah, I guess. Right? You got to like, catch him between the knees as it comes out. <laughs> got to have good reflexes. I have no idea. Throw the baby on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. For now, I would be lying down in peace. I would be asleep and at rest with rest with kings and rulers of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruins, with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden away in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? That's very sad. Job's really getting conceptual with this one. Yes, he well, is. This, I was well. telling Emily this before you got here, actually, Dedeker, that uh, this book is, who was it? Lord Tynan, the British uh, poet, uh-huh. called the Book of Job the like something like the best poem in ancient or modern Wait, history. Lord Tynan, not Lord Byron? Tynan, different, different guy. Oh, I don't know that lord. Yeah, okay. different, different one. I don't know. Lord. I don't know. Yeah. Tynan. Or I'm sorry, okay. Lord Tennyson. Alfred Lord Tennyson. Yes. yes, of course. Sorry, sorry. You confused Alfred Lord Tennyson and combined and, and him with Byron. Lord Byron. Maybe, so, maybe okay. I did. Yes, yes. Gosh. <laughs> Tynan, Byron, and Tennyson, whatever. Yeah, the non-existent British poet Lord Tynan. Um, but anyway, yeah. Here I have his quote right here. He called it the greatest poem of ancient and modern times. Huh. So compared to what we were reading last time, which was very like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this person had this person, lineage, lineage. This is the first book of the Bible that's like a poetic book. Well, you got to give some credit to translators there. We don't know how poetic it was originally. I guess, I mean, it's been praised through history for its like literary structure. And okay, fine. I'm not going to argue with the book of Job. Keep reading. <laughs> okay. There the wicked cease from turmoil, and there the weary are at rest. Captives also enjoy their ease. They no longer hear the slave drivers shout. The small and the great are there, and the slaves are freed from their owners. Why is light given to those in misery, and life to the bitter of soul, to those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave? Why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, 
from God has hedged in, or whom God has hedged in. For sighing has become my daily food, my groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me, what I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. That was a rather beautiful passage. Right? You know, in a very like sad and mournful way. Yeah, that's like a weird poetic rendition of like an argument for suicide, essentially. Gosh. Jeez. Well, it's true because he's making an argument for like the fact that death like death is how you get released and how the captive gets released from their slaves, and like death is like this great equalizer. But I think it's very worth pointing out the fact that he's not talking about killing himself and just wishing that he had Had, died or that that he had died before yeah that's true that's a that's very true. different thing from contemplating suicide that's true that's so true. anyway <laughs> I'm sorry just saying. okay is it my turn uh yeah shall Joke we four. carry on okay so this gets into the part where all of job's friendos are speaking up yeah so we're gonna have kind of like a monologue like we had job's monologue and then we're gonna have a monologue from each of the three friends followed by job's response yeah. to them i today, think so today the last two chapters are just the monologue from eliphaz yeah okay oh really yes okay oh. then eliphaz yeah oh we got a long way to go <laughs> yeah um then eliphaz the temanite replied if someone ventures a word with you will you be impatient but who can keep from speaking Think how you have instructed many, how you have strengthened feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumbled. You have strengthened faltering knees. But now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Should not your piety be your confidence and your blameless ways your hope? I feel like that makes sense, Eliphaz. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're always telling everybody how to, everyone else how to have a good life. Like, practice what you preach. He was just like, hashtag privileged, really. (laughs) But what's he but what's he telling him to do exactly? Okay, well I'll keep reading. Okay. Consider now, who being innocent has ever perished? Where were the upright ever destroyed? As I've observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. At the breath of God they perish, at the blast of his anger they are no more. The lions may roar and growl, yet the teeth of the great lions are broken. The lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. I don't he kind of changed his direction after this. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Just so I, stick with it. Let's... So I understand that like those who, you know, you reap what you sow, uh-huh. that, you know, you shouldn't worry because you're blameless. And so God's not going to actually do anything bad to you. And you should take comfort in uh, that. Right? Right? I mean, he I, did though. I, I, right. Yeah. But I mean, okay, this is just what Eliphaz is saying to Job. This is just Eliphaz's opinion. Right? Yeah. This is his friend. What is Eliphaz now? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. He goes on. A word was secretly brought to me. My ears caught a whisper of it. Amid disquieting dreams in the night, when deep sleep falls on people, fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face, and the hair on my body stood on end. It stopped, but I could not tell what it was. A form stood before my eyes, and I heard a hushed voice. Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can even a strong man be more pure than his maker? If God places no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who live in houses of clay, whose foundations are in the dust, who are crushed more readily than a moth? Between dawn and dusk they are broken to pieces, unnoticed they perish forever. Are not the cords of their tent pulled up so that they die without wisdom? That's the end of the chapter. Okay. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. I mean, that was some heavy poetic. It is poetic. I am surprised. (laughs) I guess I never appreciated this as a child. I don't think I ever read more than, you know, like a a pastor reading a couple lines in a sermon. This is not one that I ever, did you as a kid? I have memories of like sitting in when a pastor was doing a whole series specifically on Job, but like Mm. not really paying attention and not getting it. I see. Yeah, I I figured that that would be y'all's M.O., like you wouldn't really be listening. <laughs> Basically. And just I remember like in Christian school, you know, getting the story of Joe, but just the basic were, the basics were just like, oh, the lesson you need to take away is that even if God does bad things, if you're still righteous, then it'll be okay. It's kind of mm-hmm. this, it was kind of a little bit used as a justification for, or at least for the answer for, you know, why does God still do let bad things happen to good people? Right. Essentially. Yeah, there's a whole um, field of theological debate called theodicy. Oh, huh. that, that's theo, like T H E O, and then D I C Y, theodicy, I think is how you'd say it. Theodicy, which is essentially what this book is kind of tackling, which is that mm-hmm. of like, how, how do you justify that God is still good when God allows bad things to happen and huh. allows evil to exist in the world? Good question. Um, yeah, which is that is this the whole next number of episodes will be about these people kind of debating that in the book. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's, I mean, the the term theodicy was not created until like the 1700s or something by like a French philosopher or a theologian or something. But this is essentially what the Book of Job is. Because it's all his friends kind of debating yeah. how could this happen, right? And then his responses to it, and uh, kind of which which again, like I never, it was never presented to me that way. <laughs> As if oh. it were like a theological debate. So actually, it's kind of cool. Well, you want to take the last chapter here? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Okay. So Job 5. Call if you will, but who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? Okay. So again, I think living in a world where, you know, other people have other gods, mm-hmm. like other right. tribes have other gods, right? right? So they understand that. Um, okay. Sorry. So to which of the holy ones will you turn? Resentment kills a fool, and envy slays the simple. I myself have seen a fool taking root, but suddenly his house was cursed. His children are far from safety, crushed in court without a defender. The hungry consume his harvest, taking it even from among thorns, and the thirsty pant after his wealth. For hardship does not spring from the soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward." I'm going to start using that one. <laughs> Surely as sparks fly trouble. Yeah. <laughs> huh. uh, but if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. He provides rain for the earth. He sends water on the countryside. The lowly he sets on high, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He thwarts the plans of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. Well, what kind of crafty are we talking here? Are we talking like I know. crafty, like sneaky or crafty like me, where I'm like cross-stitching and knitting and crafting up stuff? Yeah, DIY all over the place kind of crafty. Because honestly, there are many days where I feel <laughs> that your plans are that my, my, the, that my hands are achieving no success. Oh, so. I see. That too. <laughs> well, be careful then. That's why. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> He catches the wise in their craftiness, and the schemes of the wily are swept away. 
Darkness comes upon them in the daytime. At noon they grope as in the night. He saves the needy from the sword in their mouth. Uh, uh, what? Saves the needy from the sword in their mouth? I guess like someone's like, got them at sword point. The sword in their mouth, though. Yeah, uh, you know. Maybe like that... the sword of, of destitution? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the sword of mm, hunger yeah. or poverty. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. You know, because f- fundamentally, you know, you got to eat and... Like as if you're sort of on the brink of death, like the sword yeah. in your mouth, maybe metaphorically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he saves them from the clutches of the powerful. So the poor have hope and injustice shuts its mouth. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the almighty for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal from six calamities. He will rescue you. In seven, no harm will touch you. So that's the going ratio. Yeah, six to one. It's kind of like the creation of the world, right? Mm. Six to one, I guess. Mm. Uh, In famine, he will deliver you from death and in battle from the stroke of the sword. You will be protected from the lash of the tongue and need not fear when destruction comes. You will laugh. (laughs) Yeah. No, just this is very interesting because, again, I mean, I'm sure that... Like people are killing each other with swords and mm. and Dur- during this and, time, you mean? Well, yeah, and like having famine and all that, and you know, not bountiful uh, harvests or whatever. And and so, I guess, are they saying like those who really believe in God are the ones who or worship Him the best, or the ones who are delivered from evil? That is kind of what he's arguing. I, guess I think, so. but also. Yeah. I don't know, if we're thinking of the human condition and just the human observation of it seems really arbitrary that some people die in battle and others don't, and some people die from a famine or get struck with a famine and other places do not, and trying to make sense of why is that. Yeah, but but I think, like, to go back to that sort of bigger debate about a, a good God letting bad things happen to good people, that essentially this friend, which one's this one again? Eliphaz, the uh, elephant. The elephant the the friend. In the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Eliphaz is essentially making the argument that, like, no, bad things ultimately end up happening to bad people and God ends up taking care of good people mm. who, who worship him. Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of, which... Like, if I can make it very contemporary, reminds me of the idea of people who are very privileged and very fortunate saying that they manifested it or kind of like getting to take credit for like, oh, I I made this thing true. Maybe you manifested it. Maybe it's white privilege. Right. Rather Mm. than just acknowledging the fact that maybe you were lucky or something. Mm, And it's, it's interesting since we know what they don't, which is sort of the behind the scenes of what happened with God and Satan Mm. having that debate. Right. I see. So... Mm. You know, so he's making. So this they don't whole... understand. God threw you under the bus to win a bet. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Right, but so anyway, it just kind of reminds me of that—that that idea of like, no, 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 man, like, good, like good things work out for good people. Of just that sort of, you know, have faith and, and have it'll work faith. out. Just yeah. like, yeah. you know, if you believe it and receive it, you can achieve it. Kind of a <laughs> thing. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. In famine, he will deliver you from death, and in battle, from the stroke of the sword. You will be protected from the lash of the tongue, and need not fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine, and need not fear the wild animals. 
for you will have a covenant with the stones of the field, and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure. You will take stock of your property and find nothing missing. I don't know, except all of your property, which is missing. <laughs> yeah. Right? <what>? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you will know that your children will be many and your descendants like the grass of the earth. You will come to the grave in full vigor, like sheaves gathered in season. We have examined this and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself. <laughs> Okay, so obviously this is all true. (laughs) So So wrapping it up, Eliphaz is like, don't worry, God helps out people who are righteous. Who believe, yeah. Who believe. So even though it's rough now, it's going to be okay. I guess that's that's what I would take away. That's how he's trying to comfort him. Yeah. Huh. Well, Well, gosh, I I wish we could keep going, but that's the end of this episode. Uh, What's your experience of this, Emily? Because I I feel like... (laughs) Like I was saying that like when you're learning this growing up, you know, Job is trotted out as just an example of like have faith even when things are tough or really challenging. It's just it's challenging to read because all of these things did happen to him, even though I get why his friend is like, no, but if you believe, then, you know, you'll be okay. Hmm. But he's not okay. And I understand him being upset and angry about that. So I don't know. I think um, it's a beautifully written piece at, at this point, like better written than some of the stuff with, that we've read before. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that Job shouldn't be real, mm. real PO'd right now. I guess there is less repetition in this than there was in previous yes. books. No, this is like all, yeah, developing an argument and having poetic you know poetic ideas about about Mm. life both like a really depressing poem from job and then this in my opinion maybe slightly empty cheerleading from Mm -mm. from eliphaz i guess it makes sense because eliphaz hasn't experienced those things so it's easy for him to be like hey man it's gonna be okay don't worry yeah cheer up don't be be sad yeah exactly it just reminds me of that actually wrote the book is it uh, from from what I was reading, uh, so, some people have attributed it to Moses as well, um, mm-hmm. but that, I think this one's kind of less sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm not not totally sure. So definitely, it seems to be a gap in like writing styles and uh, writing skill. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Mm. Maybe just because it's a different kind of story. I don't know. Really. And that he, he's sort of included in this in like the I think it's called like the literary portion of the the Jewish writings, um, as opposed to kind of being like for us Christians, it's just all Old Testament. It's all one mm. thing that it's kind yeah. of within a separate collection of writings. Um, and that Job also shows up in Islam as well, and he's actually one of the prophets who's named in the Quran by name. Really? Yeah. Wow. So oh, Job I didn't is, know that. Yeah, this is a Wikipedia. That's basically okay. all my knowledge from Wikipedia. So anyone could know it, but... Yeah, exactly. No, that's um, cool, though. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize he was such a prominent figure, I guess, am- amongst sort of this, like, philosophical debate, and, and huh. that it's that the book of Job was sort of a centerpiece of that um, theodicy mm. um, kind of philosophical movement as well. Wow. Yeah. It's an oh. interesting thing to think about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah just it, the reason why he's a part of all of these sacred tech texts. Yeah. And named and stuff. Yeah, well I think that the the debate here is a pretty important one to theology in general of it's like true. if you're going to believe in a good god, 
how do bad things happen? Right. And this if you're going to attribute everything that. to one God, right? Especially, it's not like oh, I can curse Hades or Hermes for causing some mischief or Ares for causing these things, mm-hmm. but Zeus and everyone else is okay. It's you yeah. know when you don't have a pantheon, it's just one God who's responsible for everything. How do you justify but, that? Yeah. Well, apparently you justify it because he's out with Satan making bets <laughs> against you. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, as a child, it always it did raise some questions for me growing up of like, could this happen at any time? Could Satan and God get together and be like, hey, this person or this little girl, little mm. tiny Dedeker, right. uh, could we just Aww. mess with her for a while? No, really, though. I mean, as a kid, it's it's like if the adults are telling you like, this is what happened. God and Satan just decided to take a bet on Job and ruin his life just to prove a point. Um, I never I don't remember ever getting like a really satisfying answer to that question, but it was kind of that answer of like, well, you know, God gives free will to people, including to Satan, you know, and to the angels Mm. and stuff that God isn't controlling every single thing that everyone does, which is part of kind of the theodicy debate. Well, it does definitely set up this thing. Like you kind of have to accept that God and Satan are at odds with each other and that it's kind of like a win lose situation. Yeah, that they're at war, and so well, that's and so pretty... it behooves God to try to prove it to Satan and to try to win a bet against Satan. I suppose maybe that there's some, something bigger at stake behind that mm. bet, possibly if we're looking at it in the big picture. Yes, that yeah, like what? Well, yeah, I don't know. Sort of this larger battle of good and evil. I don't know. God, huh. God was the one who first brought up bragging about how great Job was. <laughs> yeah, I you suppose know, in this, he's the God one who's is the like, person who's like, look at this so great guy great. who loves me so much. Yeah. And... Um, anyway, to to just bring it back to theodicy, I did want to mention relative to some stuff we were talking about with the story of Noah, that there's also um, philosophical, uh, there's, there's a philosophical thing called um, cosmodicy, which is what? about whether or not sort of kind of the universe as a whole is good or not huh. and like how do you justify it being inherently good when bad things can happen and then anthropodicy which is the same thing about people is arguing that people mm. are inherently good even though bad things can love happen. having me some anthropodicy debates yeah what about huh. cosmetology i know i was like and cosmetology i went to school for that so i do i yes. can't say for certain it has <laughs> nothing to do with whether the world is good or evil <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh okay. dear. All right. Well, well, I'm really excited for next week. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see how this debate plays out. And if poor old Job is going to like get his family and, and livestock and everything back or, or not. Well, I, we can't give spoilers. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Bible study today. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe and then write us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher, letting other people know what you like about it. We love hearing from you. Find us on Twitter at DrunkBibleCast, on Instagram at DrunkBibleStudy, or send us an email to info at DrunkBibleStudy.com. Drunk Bible Study is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our theme song is Book Club by Josh and Anand from their album, Home of the The The. The theme song for the Book of Job is Agnus Dei X by Kevin MacLeod. For more information, visit us at drunkbiblestudy.com. I made a memory about your dad.